This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Uh, Michael, I beg your pardon. Um, look, I know you yeah. don't care. You made that clear yesterday. I know I you do don't care. care. I care. Uh, no, I care. no, no. You said no, no. You said you didn't care. You I care said about it. it. I was here when you I said. I care it. about everything. No, you don't. You don't care about I what care, I, care I care about. I care about people. Okay. Well, you don't care about this person. You don't care. I am scrolling and refreshing and checking to see if Odell Beckham has a team. Yet. So am you, I. You. No, you're not. You said yesterday you would not. Ah. You said that it, he is not a difference maker. That was your, that was what you said. In essence, you said he but is not a, somebody who is worth refreshing tweet deck or scrolling to figure out. I didn't say that team yet. Yeah, you did. Hey, bro. Listen. Yeah, it, yeah you, it, did, uh, you even did a thing with the phone. You even, you even used the, the phone. You said he is not a guy that you're like, does he have a team yet? Does he, that's what you did. I was, I was, Here's a distinction. I just want to get this straight. He is not a great player. He is a great story, though. Not a great player. Great story. So just for the stories, for my stories, you know, like like your folks used to say. I don't know if your, your grandma, your grandma, or probably auntie. Yeah, gotta watch my young stories. And restless. Yeah, young and restless. Young and restless. All, all my yeah. children. All my we're all my children household. Anyway, um, Odell Beckham is great in the stories. So I'm looking forward to seeing if he chooses if you if you believe the sources sources say he's considering the Chiefs and the Packers and the hometown Saints. What's up hometown? So, okay, okay. Considering so the what's Saints. the best fit? What's the best fit out of those three? If those if, 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 if those are his three finalists, what's the best fit? Oh, best fit for for him or best fit for the franchise? Now for the franchise, okay, let's just, let's just focus on him. Just focus on him. If you're Odell Beckham, because again, the report was these are his three finalists, and we also know. I'll, I'll add to it right now. The Bucks are out. Bruce Arians said the Bucks aren't doing it. Uh, not, not a shock. Um, the Seahawks said we'll see and didn't claim him. So the Seahawks are presumably still in the mix. Um, the Packers have reportedly offered him a minimum contract. And I think the only other nice. thing is the Patriots. Reportedly, the Patriots have been in touch with his camp. So that's the news yes. in a nutshell. If you're Odell Beckham or you're advising Odell Beckham, which of his three finalists, Chiefs, Saints, or Packers, or if you want to throw somebody else in there, that's fine. Where would you okay, tell him to no, go? No. Where would okay. you go if you were Odell? That's a great question. That's a great question, Mike. All right, so cynically, I wouldn't be advising him. This is a, uh, let me just tell you what I think before we get to the advice portion of it. What I think is he wouldn't like Kansas City because there's a pro there are a couple of Pro Bowl uh, talents there, uh, wide receiver, tight end. You know, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, those guys are are guaranteed to get targets from Patrick Mahomes because they've earned it. They've won together. They've been in big games together. They've won together. So I don't think he would like that situation. Green Bay, they got a pro bowler. You think he's on his way to the Hall of Fame. 
uh, and Devante, Devante Adams. So I don't think he would like that situation because there are some targets already in place. In New Orleans, Michael Thomas, setback, out for the season. Their wide receivers are not special. I think if I'm Odell Beckham Jr., I'm thinking, all right, I can go there and ball out. It's on me. I'll be the guy coming in as a guy. I think he wants there. I don't think it's about winning. I don't think he wants to win first. I think he wants to reestablish his market value. And the best way to reestablish your market value is not to be the second or third or fourth option. It's to be the number one option or oh, number I two. Could, I could, I'll say oh, Alvin Kamara's one. I'm so glad. I'll say I am so one. glad. I'm so glad that you picked media because you would be a terrible agent. That is that is that's is complete. I'm so not his wrong. agent. But I'm glad. I'm not his Good agent. For I told you. I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're I'm nobody's not, agent. But I didn't if you speak think the, But Mike, no, I'm talking me. about what you just said. I said I did. I said, I said, but I'm not speaking as his agent or I'm not giving him advice. If I'm giving him advice, I'm going somewhere else. But I'm talking about what I think he wants. What I think he, I'm, I'm, I'm being very cynical. I think he wants numbers. I don't think he wants to win. I think he wants numbers first. Because I think he wants I heard every, I heard, I heard everything you said. All the but way down to the, the end. The agent thing. When you said, I ain't trying to be no agent. When you said the best way to reestablish his market value, market agent. You said, oh, well, I gotta keep telling you what you said, dude. You getting that old? You said the best way to reestablish his market value is to ball out where he is the guy. Ain't that what you just said? Whether you were saying it as Michael Holly posing as Odell Beckham or just as Michael Holly or Michael Holly as agent that he doesn't want to be whatever you were saying it. That was what you said. And that's what I fundamentally disagree with is what all I'm saying. I think the best way for him to reestablish his market value is to go somewhere and be a part of a winning organization. And I couldn't disagree with you more about Kansas City. Just just narrowing it down to the three reported finalists on his list, which are Kansas City, Green Bay and New Orleans. Kansas City should be number one because first and foremost, there are plenty of targets to go around. How many times are you watching the Kansas City Chiefs game and being like, damn, who the hell is that? Oh, wait, wait, wait that's not Tyreek Hill. That ain't Travis Kelsey. Who's this Pringle guy they throw into? Who's this? Who's this Robinson guy they throw it like they always throw it. They've been trying to figure out the, the opposite receiver to Tyreek Hill for the longest time for the longest time. Okay, they even brought in Josh Gordon thinking maybe right. he could contribute to, to filling that void. Odell Beckham going somewhere where the coverage is going to be rolled toward Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. He may be the third option, but that quarterback in Kansas City will find that option. And that's a that's more of an opportunity for him to ball out to your point than going to New Orleans and catching passes from Trevor Simeon. And you're the only guy they got to worry about in the passing game. Not, you know, not including Alvin Kamara out of the backfield. But point being he'll is get like he'll though. get he'll get targets in Kansas City and he plays with a quarterback who specializes in improvisation. So as we've talked about all week, if Odell Beckham is an Charles, improvisational yeah. wide receiver, much to the frustration mm -hmm. of Kevin Stefanski and, 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 and Baker Mayfield, why not go and link up with a guy with whom you can make beautiful music like Odell Beckham's a jazz, a jazz, a jazz wide receiver. He's a jazz musician. I know New Orleans is the birthplace of jazz, but go somewhere yeah. where you got a, where you got somebody that you can that you can do a duet with that collaborates 
as well as any quarterback. Not to say Aaron Rodgers doesn't or couldn't. That's the guy that I think is more fixated on one target, as in Devontae Adams, than he would be trying to pepper Odell Beckham. Patrick Mahomes will throw it to anybody in that offense. He'll get plenty of opportunity in Kansas City. He goes to a winning organization with a respected coach like Andy Reid. That is how you reestablish yourself in the market going into this offseason, going and being a part of a, of a top-notch organization, fitting in, being good in the locker room, and contributing to winning football games. And Kansas City in a wide-open AFC, adding Odell Beckham, I'm sorry, Michael, that is a difference maker. Uh, see, I, you know, I just, I see that this is this is this is my problem with it. This is my problem. You want me to stop because listening to his you? name? Don't, you don't want me to listen to you anymore? That's what you said. He said he's not a difference maker. That's what you said. No, no, that's what you said. No, no. <laughs> I, I want you to listen. I want okay. you to listen. I want you to listen. But this whole difference maker thing. Uh, no, he's not. He's not. And, and and that's it's a good story until we get to that part. Can you define difference maker? It's a nice. Please? Can you can you give me your definition of difference maker, please? What, what do you mean by that exactly? Somebody, when you get them, okay, okay. Here's a better. Let's just forget about the definition. I'm just going to give you two words. Okay. Randy Moss. Randy Moss. Because I've heard this comparison. You you brought it up. Randy Moss himself Randy brought, brought it, up. it up. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about Odell Beckham Jr. And I'm telling you, that's not accurate. Randy Moss was a difference maker. Randy Moss, I think, still is a difference maker. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is not in that category. All right. Can I, I, say, can, I, can, uh, I can I retort? Can I can I can, go ahead, will go you ahead. allow me to retort go. briefly? Yes. The Randy Moss comparison is not saying that Odell Beckham right now is as good as Randy Moss was in 2007. Okay. Right. That's not what I'm okay. saying or anybody else is saying we invoke Randy Moss. We're simply talking about thinking a guy was done when it turns out that he was just in the wrong set of circumstances, because it's easy to forget what people thought about Randy Moss in Oakland, that he was washed up. Who that's number one. Done? A lot of people, most people, that's why they got him for, what was it, a fourth thought round pick? Done. Yes. Round pick. Yes. Most people done. thought he was okay. done in Oakland. Yes. Done being dominant. Okay. But the second quick part, and then I'll give it back right. to you, is that for me, a difference, I don't think he has to be Odell Beckham from New York or even dominant. To me, he makes a difference in the right situation as it when he represents an upgrade from what you currently have. So you and many others have talked about all the receivers that Aaron Rodgers, which is this is a fault. This is false, but nonetheless, I'm just going to go with your narrative. Okay. All the receivers that Aaron Rodgers has not had over the course of his career. Okay, so instead of throwing to Marquez Valdez Scantling or Alan Lazard, yeah, I would say Odell Beckham's a step above those two guys. That's the, that's I'm one not example. sure. Or, I don't know. Okay, okay, I don't okay know. with it. Well, 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 there you go. I don't okay, know that. There is that's what I'm saying. Disagreement. Take it away. That, go ahead. That's right. it. There you go. That's it. I think he's okay. a. I All think right. he's a good. He's a good player. I think those guys are good players too. And nobody's comparing them to Randy Moss. But the difference you might they, well have, just call him a jag. they have. Call him a jack. They, they just call him no, a jack. Good players. Everybody can't be great. Everybody can't be a great player. Good player. They play in the NFL. Good for them. They are good, competent NFL receivers. And so is Odell Beckham Jr. who's lost. He's a good NFL receiver who has lost his way. And part of the reason he's lost his way, like twofold. This maybe at least twofold, maybe more. Uh, number one reason he's lost his way is, is that he was in a bad offense in Cleveland. A bad offense for him. The wrong Just offense. Didn't, yeah, didn't exactly. work for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah. Whatever reason. 
And yeah. two, it could be up here in that he's thinking that he's a one. That he's that guy. He's that dude. He's that Hall of Fame dude. And he's not. He's a good player. He's not going to the Hall of Fame. Can we say that? If he catches like 65 balls next year and another, you know, 800 yards, uh, if he averages that for the rest of his career, 65 or 800 and five or six touchdowns, he ain't going to the Hall of Fame, right? For the next five years. So he's not on a Hall of Fame track anymore. He was. And now he's not. And I think that's part of the problem is that he still sees himself as that New York Monday Night Football circus catch, all eyes on him. How do you know he's not? How do you know he's not? Because I haven't seen it. So do I know it? No. Do I know it? What what do I know? What do I really know? (laughs) Really know it? We don't don't know anything. Yeah, right. I think it's gone. And that's all right. Now, I'm not saying exactly. he can't play anymore. I'm not suggesting he's done, but he's a I feel, good. Maybe I feel, like com- the, I feel confident. Maybe he's, he's like the fiftieth best. Maybe he's like the fiftieth best wide receiver in the NFL, right? And that that, that might be high. Fiftieth. Okay. So well, okay. It, every okay, team 50th has is five. Fiftieth. Every team be, has three starters, starting right? number two. Well, okay, you can go three. But right? I mean, if you go two wide receiver sets, yeah. that means he's he's a lot of teams' number two wide receiver. And I'll take that. So I'll go a little so, lower. Okay. I'll go a little lower. Well, we're, okay, regardless, if you go to 64, that's, that's the starting receiver and two wide receivers. Set. That's a wide receiver too. What right. I'm saying is I feel confident, even despite what we've seen or more accurately haven't seen the last couple of years, I feel confident nice catch that right he is there, better that's than nice whatever catch. Kansas City. Yeah, Here it is. Uniform, but look, look at what uniform he's in. Look at no, no don't worry about this. this. This is irrelevant. This is irrelevant. That is irrelevant B-roll because he's in the wrong Great uniform, catch. okay? I feel confident that he is better than whatever Kansas City or whoever Kansas City, with all due respect, is running out opposite Tyreek Hill. Okay? And chemistry or familiarity aside, I'll say he's more talented than MVS or Alan Lazard. Okay? And if nothing else, whether it's his name or his reputation, he's not somebody that defenses are going to just be able to ignore. So, okay, let's say he's they not have, a one. But they have. They, uh, his quarterback. I mean, hey, I think his quarterback's ignored him oh, more than the defensive has. But okay. I, okay, fine. sure, sure. By, it's, if by ignoring you awesome. mean it, they're not, they not covering him like Tyreek Hill. That's fine. All I'm simply saying right. to you is, we, I, Michael, not we're, we're not, we're not, but we're not as far apart on this as it may seem because okay. if you're saying he's nothing more than a two now, I'm saying great. That's all he got to be in Kansas City. That's all he got to be yeah, in Green Bay. Yeah. And that's the yeah. best way to reestablish yourself is to say at this point in your career, hey man, Scotty Pippen, if you're listening, ain't nothing wrong with being not ah. number two. Okay? Oh, wait a minute. Ask, ask Michael Holly. Ask Michael Holly. Being a number two ain't so bad. It's okay. Okay, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. We're still getting where we got to go. We're still accomplishing the mission at hand. And so if you're Odell Beckham, a lot of people are number two. You like that, Mike? I'm just, just, just nah, just nah. I'm just smiling. That's what you're doing. A lot of people are number two opposite Tyreek Hill. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I'm surprised you didn't get a number two opposite. I'm surprised you didn't get there earlier. Exactly. I, I expected that in the previous, like in last week's Scotty Pippen conversation, I was well, actually 
sitting but dead red fastball for that one. But let me, and, but and the pitch minute. never came. But let, but let me stay there for a second. But let me stay there for a second. Let me All stay right. there for a second. And I'm being serious when I say this. The beauty of our partnership and our chemistry is that that switches off. We could both run point. We could both initiate the offense. You could be a one. I could be a one. You could be a two. I could be a two. It's like I think Odell Beckham has more than you think he does. So if he goes opposite Tyreek Hill or opposite Devontae Adams, he could be a one masquerading as a two. And that, that, makes, a, that makes for a great offense. That makes for an incredible opportunity to ball out with a great quarterback and win football games. He could have everything he wants. You think he just wants his numbers. You think he just wants his targets. And, and he doesn't care if yes. he loses game in the, games in the process. I don't believe that to be the case. I don't believe he's a selfish player. I think like all wide receivers, they believe that their best, your best chance of winning is to get the ball in my hands. Is get the ball. And if you're not getting, get the ball and if you're not getting the ball, okay, that, therein lies the frustration. Now, granted, his dad did not post the video of him dropping balls, and his dad certainly didn't get into the minutia of whether or not he was in the place we were supposed to be. Nonetheless, I think he's still gifted. And he's better than most teams. Number two, definitely better than what Kansas City and Green Bay is rolling out there. Couple of things. Let me throw out there just for just for context and perspective. I, I liked how you put um, Odell Beckham Jr. as a jazz musician. And if it's New Orleans, if he goes to New Orleans, that jazz album is Ella and Louie. Okay, two number ones right there. Ella Fitzgerald and, and Louis and, and, and Louis Armstrong. Those are two In number ones. And it's uh, it's a great album. It's great. Ella and Louie. No, right. No, but I'm saying who's the other number one in New Orleans? Camara. <laughs> it's, oh, okay. It doesn't work oh, because oh. there's it, not another oh, okay. wide receiver. Yeah. But I don't think New Orleans. I think New Orleans is a good fit for him if he's being selfish. But if he's not being selfish, it's either Kansas City. You're right. It's either Kansas City or Green Bay. Now, uh, another Randy Moss story. Randy Moss, when he first got to uh, the Patriots, before he signed, he met with Bill Belichick, and Belichick asked him a question that either Matt LaFleur should ask Odell Beckham Jr. now or Andy Reid, no matter where he winds up. The question was, okay, what, tell me what you want. Mm -hmm. Tell me, how, like, how do you see your career? Wh what do you want to do? Now, Randy Moss's, Randy Moss's uh, answer to that question was, hey, coach, I just want to win. And he took it a step further. He said, coach, I want to win, uh, and I'll, I'd play for free. Uh, to which Bill Belichick uh, leaned over to Scott Pioli privately and said, you, you got that. Okay, let's see. We, let's see if we can do that. <laughs> let's you see if we that? can make you, that happen. You, 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 you got that but they wound down, right? up, but they really did. They wound up. They slashed his contract. You remember it was yeah. like three or four million dollars a year and the I next remember. year they gave him his money, mm -hmm. but he established what he wanted. He spoke it and he and he put his he really put his talent where his money had been he put his right. talent there and he bought out. Odell Beckham Jr. still think I need that question answered, but I think but you but I just, it is I'm being skeptical. answered. I'm if, these, so skeptical. if these are the three franchises, if these are the three franchises, if it's Kansas City, Green Bay and New Orleans are his are his finalists. Those are three perennial contending franchises in New Orleans. Yeah. You talked about the great story that is Odell Beckham. Look, being homecoming king, forget about catches. That'll be the warmest and best reception for him. If he goes back to New Orleans, he goes back to New Orleans, a, con a conquering hero. Okay. And it's a great story, which is why I say that's for next year when they get a quarterback in there. Trevor Simeon, I, I, if I got an opportunity to play with Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, or Trevor Simeon, process elimination is getting rid of New Orleans. Love you, New Orleans. See you next year. But again, e but even still, great organization. But if he goes the other there, two, what but if he goes to Kansas City or Green Bay, if those are his other finalists, 
great quarterbacks, but great organizations. So that should tell you that he wants to win. Otherwise, he'd have been okay. fine with getting claimed by well, Detroit. They're finalists. They're finalists. So based on what you just said, Where's Baltimore? put it that way. Stop Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore. I told you Baltimore would not be interested. They're not interested. They're not interested. You don't know but that. Based on what? Based on I do know that. All right. Based on what you just said, though. Based on what you just said. Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Trevor Simeon. If he if he picks Trevor Simeon in New Orleans, what does that tell you? Tells you wants to go home to New Orleans. Tells you wants to go home. They ain't like they're they're bad team. They're not the best of those three. They ain't got no money to give him. They ain't got money to get unless they moved it around. Unless they move money around. They don't have the money to give him. Green Bay offered him the minimum. I would take the minimum. Money. Because to me, and if I'm Odell Beckham, if I'm Odell Beckham, targets that he money wants. don't if I'm Odell Beckham, money don't matter tonight. Because the show didn't matter yesterday. So the contract mm. is irrelevant as far as I'm concerned. If I'm Odell Beckham. Yeah, you know, and, and it's, it's funny. You talk about those uh, those targets, those great quarterbacks. They they move it around. Yeah, they move it around to the open guy or to the guy who makes sense. But in, in losing situations, that WR one is getting his ten targets, no matter what the game calls for. He's getting ten to twelve, and he you got this kid all wrong. You got this kid all wrong. Has it? You, you, has you, he? You don't, okay, you, we'll you, don't, see. you got this kid all wrong. I don't believe. I don't believe that. I hope so. That's I, I hope so. All right. I'm rooting for him to be in a in a good situation. Who no. me? No. Too many letters. I already got AB. I don't need OBJ. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. At the very least, it would inspire me to look at what's going on in Texas and make my own determination about Abbott the governor and about all the the Republican lawmakers there who are, are trying to tilt the field, not even tilt the field. They're trying to flip the field over to make sure yeah. that they can win elections now and going forward. I would encourage it to, to be more than consideration. I would encourage it to be more than just professional athletes. I would I would ask that it's more than just the state of Texas, because why stop there? Let's let's take a long look at Florida. Let's take a long look at Georgia for crying out. Let's take a long look at a lot of these different uh, states that are passing right. this archaic legislation and when it comes to whether or not we want to put our dollars take our talents to Texas and elsewhere. Mike, we had that conversation. The NAACP and NAACP as you can see the headline there uh, urging professional athletes to avoid Texas teams over restrictive state laws and that's plural because there are many restrictive state laws in the state of Texas. We had that conversation as you can see by the stamp there. We had that conversation on October 29th. Today is November 10th. <clears throat> and fortunately, it's not the two of us having this conversation, Mike. Now, 
We've added a third. And what a third we've added. We've added the president and CEO of the NAACP. It is Mr. Derek Johnson. Uh, and Derek, thanks. Uh, welcome to Brother from Another. And we'll just start off. Uh, and you can really fill in the gaps that we had in that conversation and answer some of the questions that we had. And we were guessing what the answers were uh, to those questions. But you can tell us why did the NAACP make this appeal uh, to Texas, uh, Texas teams across NHL, NBA, WNBA? Why did the NAACP make this appeal? Texas have more than one team there. In fact, NFL teams, they have two NFL teams there. Texas have accelerated the, the, the issues around both suppression, trying to rewrite history, removing accurate history from the classroom, the attacks on so many policies. Plus, you got to start somewhere. We file lawsuits in Georgia. We file lawsuits in Florida. We file lawsuits across the country, but Texas has stood over and above. Even today, we've issued a scorecard on Senate members, both Democrats and Republicans, uh, re regarding their refusal to pass voting rights legislation. So Texas is just the tip of the iceberg, and we, you're, we're doing many things in many states. The NAACP, we know when we fight, we win. So we're going to pick up as many fights as possible to protect the rights of the African-American community. Derek, what kind of response have you gotten from pro athletes in any of the leagues? But well, we've had outreach from two of, two of the leagues. We anticipate uh, we will have more conversations. We intentionally did as an open letter, as a conversation starter. Now we're going to go and have individual meetings with the player associations. We didn't expect to start off with the player associations. We needed to raise the public awareness of how egregious Texas have initiated uh, laws that are regressive in nature. They're trying to remake a 1950s all-white Texas. That day is gone. Texas is a majority of people of color state. They've just drawn lines to, to suppress the votes of, of blacks and Latinos. And for players, why would you want to move your family to a state that will suppress the right of their existence, whether it's in the schoolhouse or going to the ballot box? Uh Mr. Johnson, you said that um, you released this this open letter, this call to action, as a conversation starter. Uh, am I to presume that there were no conversations with athletes or players' unions prior to releasing that letter? And if oh, you're, so, you're why absolutely not? right. There were no you're conversations prior to the release of that letter. Okay. Did you did, was that right. under consideration to talk to them before releasing the letter, or you felt like the letter was the best way to get maximum attention on it? Oh, no, we have a relationship with the Players Association, so that, well, that wasn't a question. It was, we needed to have a public opening up around this conversation so that athletes can consider using their platforms for social justice. That has been the history in the African-American community. And in order for us to get out there to make sure it was considered so one athlete wouldn't be targeted and then... Uh, black ball from the league. We wanted to put it out there first. So to give individual athletes and player association enough cover to consider what's on the table and understand the impact of their voice or the impact of the lack of voice. I, I, I know that there was a lot of thought, a lot of consideration, probably a lot of meetings, think tanks, workshops, whatever you want to call it. Uh, around this before you guys uh, put out this this call to action. So I'd like to dive deeper into the process, if you don't mm -hmm. mind, and ask, you know, 
how did you guys come to the determination that this course of action was the right one as opposed to, you know, encouraging more athletes to follow the leader, say the Atlanta dream and the impact they had in, in Raphael Warnock's uh, election to the Senate uh, and say the opposite? Because mm -hmm. there are some that have said, you know, hey, uh, right church, wrong pew. It's like, hey, mm -hmm. you know, we want athletes to be more active, but having them avoid Texas as opposed to be more active in Texas or descend upon Texas is the wrong approach. So how did you come to the conclusion that this was the way that athletes should go about using their platform, which is not to take their talents to Texas? Right. So in terms of the WNBA and the Atlantic Dream, we worked with them on that. We, they were one of our partners to turn out to vote. They worked directly with uh, now Senator Warnock. So that was a strategy that was the right strategy for Georgia. Think about mm -hmm. the, the, the critical mass of population of that community in the state of Georgia. We are actually uh, 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 with the second highest in population and growing. The dissident population per capita in Texas is not as strong in the African community. There's more black people who live in the state of Texas than any other state. But when you look at the percentage of the population, it, we are a much smaller percentage. So the impact is greater by sending the message as opposed to in Georgia, where you actually have people in the streets and partnering with a WNBA and the Atlantic Dream. It's, it's a different reality. But you also think about what took place in Atlanta. One of the co-owners of the league of the team in Atlanta was on the ballot and she was an ultra conservative. And so that sent mm -hmm. a different type of strategic message when the, the players of the team she owned come out publicly and say, uh, uh, we want this candidate and denounce her. That's a different strategy. Every state, every scenario require a different approach and strategy. Interesting. Okay, that makes total sense. It's, it's not all apples to apples. Um, Michael asked earlier what kind of response have you gotten? I'll, I'll, I'll be a little more specific and ask what kind of, if any, have you got any pushback? Have you gotten, have you gotten any resistance or for the most part, has it been well received? It, no resistance has been well received and we are going to proceed with strategic conversations with each of the leagues. Uh, we'll see what happens as we enter free agency seasons for several of the leagues. Uh, this is the opportunity. It was the timing that made sense to do it. It was after the Virginia election. It allowed for, you know, when you when you do these type of things, you have to see, okay, what's on the political landscape? What's in the media discussion now? Because you don't want to shoot a shot like this and no one covers it. And so mm -hmm. all, of this, all of these things are time. At the end of the day, this is about protecting the right to vote, making sure that our voice are heard at the it can be heard at the ballot box. In the midst of states like Texas doing all they can to suppress the African-American and Latino vote, in the backdrop of the redistricting process taking place in the state of Texas, also in the backdrop of us filing a lawsuit as a result of how they're drawing the political boundary lines in Texas. So all of those things come into consideration. Now you said you want you want to raise awareness, uh, and you, you you shoot your shot. I like the way you put that, and you definitely did, and it was covered, and we covered it, and, and many other people did too. But if you talk about this awareness, in, in your in your mind, what what would be the most egregious thing happening in Texas when it, with regard to voting that you would want professional athletes and all other citizens, whether Texas residents or not, to understand that maybe is not covered in a nuanced, detailed way in the mainstream media. So redistricting, how political boundary lines are drawn 
they are locked in for 10 years. So you really can determine the outcome of the election by redrawing the political boundary lines. The census data was released in September. The Texas legislators convened and began to draft lines. In fact, initially they were trying to put two senior seasoned African-Americans congresspersons in the same district to eliminate one of the districts and eliminate one of the members of Congress. Texas just drew those lines to give a, a disproportionate advantage to, to conservative members of Congress although their population growth was a result of African-American and Latino population growth. So they were seeking to shrink representation in African-American and Latino communities so they can increase representation in the white and conservative community. That's egregious. That's hard to put into a soundbite, but that's the reality of what's hmm. taking place. And if they are able to carry through with it as, as taking place, then that locks in a conservative majority potentially in the next Congress. And we cannot afford another four years or two years of a Trump-like response, which is based in white supremacy and a goal of diminishing the rights of African-Americans in this country. One of the things Mike and I talked about last month when we had the conversation and we first reacted uh, to your open letter was how um, it's always on black people to fix a problem that we didn't create. You know, we got we got to clean up America's mess. We got to clean up white America's mess, and it falls on athletes, in particular black athletes, um, to to fight this fight. Often, while white athletes and and upper management uh, stands on the sideline, so to speak. Uh, what, if any, uh, strategies do you have in mind for uh, engaging management? This is a you're asking for labor to mobilize in Texas, in, in particular, but obviously broader. Do you, have, do you have any conversations or any, any plans to try to apply pressure uh, to, to ownership and management for some of these professional teams? So I'm going to start with your first part of the question. It has been the burden of African Americans to save democracy. We had yep. to do it. We were brought here. We took up arms. We reinforced Union troops. And we defeated uh, the Confederacy. Therefore, we saved the nation. Abraham Lincoln did free black folks. Black folks saved the Union Army, who was about to lose the Confederate War. We did it when we went to World War II with the Tuskegee Airmen, when things were bleak during World War II, but it was Tuskegee Airmen and other African Americans who prior to that was denied an opportunity to participate in the armed forces, and we went and we helped save the World War II. And in the backdrop of that, A. Philip Randolph forced the question of, of integrating armed services and the federal government. But with the threat on the March of Washington in 1941, therefore we force America to live up to its commitment. In the 60s, we saved America in the midst of a Cold War when they were, when we were trying to rush for, for uh, resources on a continent in South America in the backdrop of the Cold War. But the, the, the unfortunate reality, Russia was using the treatment of blacks as a propaganda to show that, no, you should come with us and not with this capitalistic system. Therefore, they had to integrate schools. They had to I, uh, provide the 1965 Voting Rights Act, 1964 
uh, a civil rights act, the, the, the housing act. We saved America again. It is our job to protect our freedom. So I am talking to the very people who are benefiting from the freedoms that we currently have. And so this is not about uh, asking athletes to do more than their share. This is about black people sure. talking to black people to use the tools we have to protect our freedom. And if that means saving America, so be it. Yes, we will talk to management. Yes, we're going to talk to team ownership. But we must start at home first. Why? Because no one is going to come save us. We have to save America. Last uh, question we have, uh, speaking of wars of a uh, certain kind, uh, the war on misinformation. Uh, I know you guys, have, uh, as usual, doing the work when it comes to trying to combat misinformation around COVID within the black community. Um, I wonder what your observations have been and just connecting it again to the sports world, uh, really sports and entertainment, uh, you know, whether it's you know, Nicki Minaj or Kyrie Irving to a lesser extent, and most recently Aaron Rodgers. Um, what are your observations on, on athletes and their role uh, as, as role models uh, when it comes to COVID, but more important information or misinformation as the case may be around COVID? You, you consider this program, you know, you're going to have a fertile audience that's watching this program. But Nicki Minaj have 22 million people follow her on her social media platform. So her voice has just been amplified. That you have athletes and entertainers with two, three, four, five million followers. It is so important that we educate our athletes, our entertainers, so when they communicate with our community, they have accurate substantive information, in this case, information to protect our health and save our family members' lives. You know, COVID is not about, you know, this political tug of war that we're seeing playing out. It is about those communities, our communities that are vulnerable, and I have the least access to quality health care being exposed to a virus that's global in nature. It is so important we put out the accurate information so people can be healthy, people can be safe. And that's why it's important. And Rogers is a liar, period. Well, well uh, Derek, I want, I want to ask you, though, when, when you have uh, engaged people or people on your team have, have engaged folks in our community and people who are resistant, reluctant, or, or, or just dead set against taking the vaccine. Have, if, if you could come up with a common denominator for what that resistance is, is it distrust of the government? Is it just, hey, I don't want to put anything in my body. I never want to. Like, if you had to come up with a denominator of what's, what's holding some people from being vaccinated, uh, back from being vaccinated, what, what would you say that is? Yes, everything you said. We have reason to distrust the government. Uh, some of us have reason not to put stuff in our body, but it's incumbent upon us to talk with the family, to the family, uh, to bring them closer together so they can be healthy, so we can be healthy. You know, we all have families where we have the aunts and the grandmother we love, uh, the aunts who are crazy, the uncles who drink too much, the cousin that we don't want to be around, the folks in the house praying while the folks in the backyard are smoking weed, but it's still one big family. And so we have to embrace all of our family and do everything we can to ensure that they are safe and healthy. You know, I remember when seatbelts became mandatory and people resisted. But the more we wore seatbelts, the safer we became. The safer we became, fewer people die from car accidents. 
Man, you know, Derek, I, I, I didn't know. I remember that. <laughs> I, I was going to say, that. I, 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 I'm old enough to remember when seatbelts became mandatory. <laughs> I remember that. And I got to tell you this too, Derek. I, I thought I just met you today, but obviously you have a camera uh, in my house because you just described the whole thing. You know, some folks praying, some folks smoking weed, <laughs> the whole thing. Crazy uncles, crazy cousins. I didn't know you knew oh, me oh, so oh. well. The worst but... one is the folks who go pray, then smoke the weed, come back and pray again. I mean, but it, it's a family. It, it is all of us, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Right. Well, listen, it, it felt like you've been family since the moment we said hello. Uh, so good to see you. Thank you for the time. Thank you for the knowledge. Uh, and we are grateful, uh, grateful for the work uh, being done by you and the NAACP. Thank you so much. Anyway, I, I conclude, I hope your, your listeners... Go to the website, NACP.org, and look at your senator's scorecard to see how they have stood up in this moment of our need for them to adopt federal legislation to protect our vote. We just scored all 50 senators. You may be living in a state where you need to pick up the phone and call your senators. Some of them are Republicans, some of them are Democrats, but at the end of the day, NAACP agenda is about the black agenda, not a political party's agenda, and protecting our right to vote is our agenda. Amen. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. I just want to start off this show by acknowledging that, you know, I made some comments that, that people might have uh, felt were misleading. And, uh, you know, to anybody who felt misled by those comments, I take full responsibility for those comments. I'm an athlete. I'm not an activist. So I'm going to get back to doing what I do best. And that's, and that's playing ball. Like, I shared my opinion. It wasn't one that was, that, that was come to... Uh, frivolously, it involved a lot of study and what I felt like was in my best interest for my body. But I'm, you know, further comments, you know, I'm going to keep between myself and my doctors, and um, you know, I don't have any further comments about uh, about any of those things. In hindsight, do you wish that you had prevented the Halloween party from happening, and and, and why wasn't that prevented? Well, I don't know how much I can control that. So, um, you know, I think if you look around just society right now, if you look around the league, I mean, COVID's going around. And whether, again, vaccinated, unvaccinated, it's it's happening. Um, I have talked to the guys about just trying to be as responsible as you can. I don't think anybody's going to shut down their, their world, their life, but... Um, just understand what we all have at stake. All right, Mike. Uh, obviously, Aaron Rodgers talking on the Pat McAfee show, as he does every week. Uh, in the first clip, in the second clip, Packers coach Matt LaFleur had to deal with uh, out Aaron Rodgers for the first time this year in a uh, close loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, 
I talked to you before the show, but I didn't want to get into all the details because I just wanted to have a uh, just a free flowing conversation without any kind of pre- preconceived thoughts. So a, a couple of things stand out to me about Aaron Rodgers yesterday. It's not that like we were trying to give him a pass. I don't even look at it that way. His acknowledgement. We looked at his acknowledgement and said, okay, Aaron Rodgers is that's the that's the key thing. Aaron Rodgers is moving on, but upon closer investigation, deeper thought. No, he's not really moving on at all. Aaron Rodgers that that acknowledgement that he gave yesterday is the equivalent of giving one of these apologies. If I offended anybody, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, you did offend somebody. Uh, and so throw the if out of there. You know, if, if you were thrown off by some things I said, I'm sorry that you were thrown off, but I stand by what I said. Okay, fine. That's his right to do it. But more than that, beyond the COVID <laughs> stuff, the, beyond the uh, he lied, he misled, vaccinated, unvaccinated, what stands out to me about Aaron Rodgers is he feels persecuted. Not just in this situation, just generally. Like, the reason he keeps talking about, you know, people will, people will say things about you even if they don't know the story, they just read a headline. The reason he's talking about the woke mob, the reason he's talking about cancel culture, is that he feels somehow, and I don't get it, he feels that has he been wrong? People are against him. Uh, people are rooting for him to fail. I don't know what it is, but I got a through line from Aaron Rodgers, and it's not just here. Uh, it started with, I thought, and I, it, this is my bad. I thought when we were going way back at the, uh, right around the draft, and he said uh, he let it be known that he wants to move on from the Green Bay Packers. Then he did that interview with Kenny Mayne where it's all about the people. It's about the people. Uh, you know, the people keep this thing going. I thought it was about the Packers, but it's not about the Packers. There is something going on with Aaron Rodgers when he looks out at the media landscape, the world, I'm not sure, NFL landscape. He sees people who are coming for his way of life, against his way of life. I don't know what it is. I need help. I don't get it. Aaron Rodgers, and this, this, this is why I need help with it, Mike, and I'll, I'll give it to you. We've said it before. The NFL fined him, what, 15 grand? It was like $15,000, right? So he got $15,000. Yeah, about, fi- about $15,000. Yeah. Team got $300,000. Okay. He got fifteen. He and Alan Lazard each got $15,000. All right, he got a $15,000 fine. He's still the starting quarterback of the Packers. Jersey sales are good, but they're, they're yeah. fine. Jersey sales yeah. are good. Uh, State Farm says we're good. Uh, a health organization said we're not a good match. No kidding. And he's back <clears throat> doing what he does. Right. What's the... help? What's the problem? Why? Why does Aaron Rodgers feel? That there's this wave, this there's this tidal wave of criticism and rebuke coming his way when it really isn't. But he feels it. So I think the best way to attempt to answer that question 
is to separate two things, which might be inseparable, which is why we have this perfect storm of controversy. Because Aaron Rodgers, sensitive to criticism Aaron Rodgers, existed long before last week, right? Um, Some of the relationships that are fractured in his life and in his career, some of the people he has rubbed the wrong way along the way. I want to put it over here, but that certainly feeds into this issue at hand. But But it's like, there's Aaron Rodgers in general, but in there specific to this COVID controversy. Um, when it comes to this, see the thing that the thing that I kept going back to last week is Aaron Rodgers is not alone. And you and I talked about this. We talked about this with Kyrie Irving, and we've seen it. We've seen it in response to some of the conversations you and I have had about the vaccine when it was about to be rolled out when it just got rolled out, like we, we've had so many conversations around vaccine hesitancy within the black community, politically, in general. Um, and so there are a lot of people who feel persecuted. The unvaccinated feel persecuted. They feel victimized. They feel like they're under attack for making a personal choice. Now, I don't need to waste any more time discussing a personal choice in a public health crisis. We've been there, done that, got yeah. a t-shirt. We've covered that ad nauseum. Point being, yeah. I don't yeah. think Aaron Rodgers is alone in feeling like, hey, I made a choice. It's my choice. It's none of your business, and why am I getting criticized for making what I thought to be a well-informed choice? I wish he were in the minority on that. Or well, he might be in the minority, but I wish there were. I wish there were only a few people that felt that way. There are a lot of people that feel that way. There are a lot of people that identify with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So, say I like to say, uh, there's Aaron Rodgers and just being sensitive in general. But then there's Aaron Rodgers being sensitive about this, and there's a lot of people that he represents uh, in this matter. As far as the punishment goes, that was the. Like, there's a lot of false equivalencies flying around between the yeah. fifteen thousand dollar fine for COVID violation um, and shall we say like uniform violations. Well, it is what it is because these are the collectively bargained. Ironically, he was protected by his union, the very union whose collectively bargained protocols. He wanted to pick and choose which which ones to follow. That $15,000 fine was negotiated last year. That's the fine schedule that was negotiated last year. And I always said all along, that I didn't just blame Rogers in this again. I knew and said on the show the next day what he meant by immunized that he was not vaccinated. The team knew the league knew and the story to me here is that the team continues to walk on eggshells with this guy and by extension the league walks on eggshells with its MVP because they could have prevented him. Well, they could have prevented him from going to the Halloween party or they could have attempted to police his mask violations behind closed doors. So what's your issue with that? I agree with one. I agree with I agree with one of those statements. Uh, The Green Bay Packers understandably 
are walking on eggshells with, with, with Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, I happen to, uh, in, in, my, in my moonlighting job, by, in my moonlighting job, I work with a couple of Packers fans, right? And so they were aghast and agog over Aaron Rodgers and his misleading behavior, his misleading statements. And I said, but you still want him as your quarterback, right? No. I said, y'all crazy. I said, y'all, they, they said, no. I said, y'all crazy. Boy, straight they up crazy. him so loud on Sunday. That I, game's in I Green said, Bay, ain't please. it? Ain't that game in Green Bay? Look, yeah. Oh, my I'll God. Take, that, I'll that take Aaron Rodgers. go crazy on Sunday. Despite what he said, despite what I uh, agree and disagree with, and mostly disagree with, with, with Aaron Rodgers, I take him as my quarterback yesterday. So let, let, let's get past that. I understand why the Packers and Matt LaFleur are, are just trying to be careful with Aaron Rodgers because he this is a critical uh, year for him. He sure. can they've agreed that he can stay. He can stay or he can go and it seems like he might be ready to go. So yeah, the, the NFL is not trying to protect Aaron Rodgers. NFL is not trying to protect anybody. And I, I came to that conclusion. I, I knew that, but I came to that conclusion definitively about seven years ago when I saw the league just go to its bottomless pit of, of cash to go out, and to throw go out to Tom Brady. at Tom Brady. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's the same thing, but I hear you. I think I think the it's NFL is not the is same thing, but it is a star. It's the face of the, it's the, same, it's the it NFL is, hitting it's, its own it's face. The same, it is the same sport and same ballpark. Same sport and same league, different ballpark. Okay, uh, shout out to Jules Winfield. I, I, only reason I say the league is was complicit in this again because they knew, and if they wanted to drop a harder hammer on the Packers, you know, like Rogers Packers League, I presume that they yeah. could. On the other hand, from what I understand. Some of the heavier fines you saw last year against teams like I want to say the Raiders, I think the Saints, if I'm not mistaken, some of the heavier fines you saw were for more team-wide, more egregious um, offenses than a Halloween party with more people than you're allowed to be around or yeah. uh, not being masked at every press conference throughout the season. But my point is the league could see him unmasked at a press conference. So they probably could have done more about it before he tested positive. Had he never tested positive, I don't mean to play, play a doctor on TV, but had he never tested positive, had he gone all year, okay, that means he could have potentially carried and transmitted COVID without anybody knowing or doing anything to stop it had he never tested positive. But that's where I get back to the, your original point, Michael, which, which you said, you know, upon further reflection about our response to yesterday's appearance on Pat McAfee. I'm not applauding Aaron Rodgers. I'm not patting him on the back for his appearance yesterday, his acknowledgement that he may have misled and therefore offended people. No, I'm saying it was better than Friday. That's it. And that's all we're going to get. That's all we're right. going to get. We're not going to get Low Aaron Rodgers to all of a sudden. The person you described, the sensitive person. Can you person, be better yeah, than Friday? That's all. That's it. Just don't make like Michael. Remember in Civil yeah. War? Remember in Civil War when uh, Black Widow was on the phone with Captain America? And he was like, I'm, I'm the only one who could bring Bucky in. And he was like, yep. and she was like, don't do it. You'll make things worse. 
Then when they got caught, she was like, this is what making things worse looks like. So Aaron Rodgers says immunized on the 26th of August. All right. Most people don't know that this know, know that what he, that he was parsing words that he was obfuscating that he was lying. Most people don't know that right. He tests positive. Then he goes on a 46 minute righteously indignant rant on Friday. Therefore, making it worse. This long ago stopped being about whether Aaron Rodgers is vaccinated or yeah. unvaccinated. That's not what he. That's not what it's about. It's about Aaron Rodgers is an arrogant a hole. Says a lot of people, particularly in the media, and it's about his hubris and his white privilege. Let's call it what it is. It's about all the things and, and, and his conspiratorial beliefs, his, his conspiracy theories. Uh, his, the misinformation, everything that was on display, the ignorance that was on display on Friday, that just added fuel to the fire. That's why I said if he had just come out and been like, hey, I made a personal choice. It wasn't for me. Yeah, I won't say anything else. I think it would have probably died down already. But because he went on and doubled down on Friday, that's why yesterday was such a nice reprieve from him from a PR perspective because he didn't go back and try to combat some of the attacks that he feels persecuted by. Does that make sense? So it's like, no, he doesn't, he doesn't no, get a cookie. No, it, you, yeah. you, you know, I can't stand giving cookies to people for doing yeah. their job. Shout out to this guy. I know I can't can. stand giving cookies for people just doing their job. So I, so I'm not giving him a cookie for not being an idiot yesterday. I'm saying at least you learned your lesson from Friday. Whether you vaccinated or not, Keep keep your conspiracy theories, keep your misinformation to yourself, and for, and, and yeah, honestly, the if you can yeah. keep your keep your uh, your droplets, which is the point. Keep your droplets to yourself. Keep your conspiracy theories, your misinformation, and your droplets to yourself, and go about your business. Well, all, all that all that being said, I think with Aaron Rodgers, what's so interesting to me uh, is that. He likes he likes being the center of attention. I think he does like the attention. Yeah, they all do. But he's sensitive. But he but he's sensitive about what what's what's being said about him to the point where he wants to say he wants to say more. Even yesterday he said, "Hey, I'm not an, I'm an athlete, not an activist." But he still said even more. That was it was better than Friday, but it was a continuation in a way of Friday. Mm-hmm. Some of the some of the same comments uh, some of the same things, and I think part so of it's that delivered is, better. It was delivered better. I mean, he, he didn't take. Yeah. He said, "I'm not taking back what I said," uh, in terms of his rationale. But it was it was delivered better. Um, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I think I no. I, I think I think part of it is he hasn't really been criticized. You know, if you think about it, like okay, like these great great quarterbacks that we've seen, we've seen a bunch of them. In, in this era, so let's just go uh, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, and and uh, Aaron Rodgers. Like Tom Brady, I, I mentioned the Playgate earlier. It really messed. I can say this with authority. It really messed with Tom Brady's head to be called a liar when it came to the football. Isn't that crazy? Hey, hey, oh, you lying. I know you mess with those footballs. Oh, hey, look, man. Come no on. way you, did, no way you didn't. No way you didn't know. Lying. No way you didn't know. Right. It messed him up. Because mm-hmm. for most of his career, nobody really came for Tom Brady. And so a lot of their teammates, Aaron Rodgers' teammates, Peyton Manning's teammates, I'm talking about like 
personal. Uh, uh, the difference being, so if you're saying, hey, what well, people talked about Peyton Manning being one and done, yeah, but they weren't talking about his character. No, Rodgers has gotten that. That's what I'm saying. That's why this is a perfect storm. Like, not only is he one of the, not only is he the reigning has MVP he? and one of the biggest names. Yes, it may not have been as Who's widespread as it was this past week. Okay. In, in mean, what sense? You talking about, you're talking it, about media or teammates? You talking about teammates? Well, ask, I'm about media, media wise. At, Media wise, you know what we work media wise. Right? <laughs> I mean, we got we got a certain <laughs> colleague that's that, that, that like that goes at him, you know, like like mono yeah. mono on the daily. That's one. That's for one. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe some others aren't as blatant with it, but I mean, he's gotten criticized within the media. But even from a teammate standpoint, ask Greg Jennings or um, or Jermichael Finley. About Jermichael it, Finley, you know, yeah. how many stories have been written about Rogers and his family? That's what I was referencing earlier. You know, like this, this is, well, this, this wasn't, this didn't happen in a vacuum. This did not happen in a vacuum. But I think, story, but I think was, that's kind of, this was a combination of COVID misinformation, dishonesty. Yeah, I got you. One of the biggest names in the NFL and somebody who is honestly not liked by a lot of people all converging. Uh, well, in, in I'll say, I'll say this. And the reason, the reason I, and I knew you were, I knew what you were referencing talking about his family. I usually yeah. put that in a different category. I don't okay. even bring that up because uh, as Derek Johnson uh, made it's a reference to, we talked about humorously, family, family stuff. It's just it, yeah, no, too many I'm layers it's been there. Reported. Outsiders been reported. looking in. It's been reported. Yeah. That's what I meant. It's but not. It's been out there. As far as the sensitivity and people coming at Aaron Rodgers, you know, we haven't talked a lot about uh, Dave Chappelle's uh, The Closer in, in detail, but one of the things he said on there is that people getting dragged on Twitter, so so to speak. He's like, it's mm -hmm. fine with me because Twitter is not real. <laughs> it's not a real that's place. That's the way he looks at it. <laughs> he says, not a real place. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a real place. It's a real place for Aaron Rodgers. And it's a very real place if you go there looking for somebody coming for I you. Don't know that Rogers, I don't know that Rodgers is on Twitter. But, what's, but the, the irony in all of it, really, is that I don't think he's searching Twitter. <laughs> okay, maybe he is. I, I don't know he what he's doing. He may not be. He may I, not okay. be. What's crazy? He may be getting Twitter reports. I, I still believe if 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 he if he did not own up, own up. That's a whole other conversation. If he did not own up to being unvaccinated back in August for fear of criticism, I guarantee you, the criticism he he would have gotten then is but a fraction of the criticism that he's gotten since last week. Which well, is why we always tell our more. kids, don't lie. I don't give a damn what you do. Don't lie. Just don't lie. Don't lie. Don't lie about it. Cause cause it cause he didn't break any laws. There was no there was no back there was no vaccine mandate. Unlike Kyrie, he wasn't being limited. He could still play. You know, it was no, who if he was unvaccinated, he'd have been Kirk Cousins or Carson Wentz. And everybody would have gone about their business. Instead he lies and uh, and, and, and then it's just like, was it worth it, dude? Like you want the, the very thing you want to avoid. If that's what you were avoiding, came down like a mug in the, over the last week. Anyway, we're way over time. So I appreciate Mike Smith. That's my bad. Yeah, I appreciate. That's all right. I appreciate the Civil War reference. Great movie. Top five Marvel. Yes. Right. Top five. Oh, 100%. Always. I mean, how, how they got Spider-Man and Black Panther introduced in the same movie is just ridiculous. Hey Mike, I saw this um, 
this interesting piece on Axios the other day that I wanted to share with you. It's pointing out that based on uh, page views, a study of page views, or, or even internet searches for that matter, uh, year over year, that Americans wanted to read more about sports than politics. And that makes sense. I mean, you look at, you know, last year, during the election year, um, you know, right up against the election. But I mean, I'm like, yeah, wow. As I'm looking at some of the, the topics listed, you know, and obviously coronavirus and Trump is still very high, but it's like football, four-letter network, you know, all things Houston. I mean, obviously Vegas and John Gruden was huge. And I said to myself, that makes sense because what's crazy about sports is, like, you want to talk about stranger than fiction. The craziest stories happen in sports. You know, like, you and I, we came up in the newspaper business in the Boston Globe. And remember, they used to call the sports section a toy section, even though we had the hardest deadlines night in and night out. Like, news side would get pizza on election night. And the best writing. Every night. Yeah, exactly. And the best, we most do. creative writing. But we, we have deadlines every night. It's the first time y'all got deadlines and y'all get pizza for it. You know what I mean? Like we, so we <laughs> That's always right. have. You get everything in sports. Facts. And and the reason I say that I'm though, still bitter. I bring that up I'm is still because. Still bitter about it. Listen, man, it has been a, a, a crazy day for like real life stories. Uh, intersecting with sports, and not just from a political standpoint, just like true crime. Okay, so. I don't know if you saw this story about uh, Aminata Diallo uh, from Paris Saint-Germain. So the Paris Saint-Germain midfielder, she's been arrested in connection with an alleged attack on a teammate. Okay. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So on the night in question, the teammate was in Diallo's car with two other PSG teammates after leaving a club dinner in Paris. As the car pulled out in front of her home, two men wearing balaclaves armed with iron bars dragged the teammate out of the car and started hitting her on her legs according to sources it lasted two minutes before the men escaped uh psg confirmed that diallo was placed in police custody but did not publicly name the victim they of course released the statement um and what's crazy about it is the teammate and diallo played the same position so diallo started the next match a four nil victory um, they're both defensive midfielders and are in direct uh, competition um, for for that spot on PSG and on the France national side. Like, so a lot of people have been connecting this to Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan. Michael, no. my only take on this is I don't, but I don't think she ever heard of Tanya Harding. I don't think this right. young woman <laughs> even knows who Tanya Harding is. And the only reason <laughs> I say that is if you know anything about Tanya Harding, or Nancy Kerrigan, you'd have known better than to put together this plot sure to be foiled by anybody with the detective skills at or above Scooby-Doo level. Like, there's I'm, no <laughs> way. Like, how, how do you think you're going to get away with this? So, like, wait a second. Like, 
I mean, you take her, you know, go out to dinner, and all of a sudden, people attack just her, and they only hit her in the legs, just the legs. Come on, come on, Bruh. man. I mean, Are you kidding oh, you me? Know what? Maybe she Are saw Insecure. I know you ain't watch Insecure, but spoiler alert: first episode of Insecure, they get together with oh. the old Issa, Issa, when? and um. Well, you you mind about? Wait, you mean ever? The first, no, no, no. The first, the season premiere. Oh, okay, the okay. Oh, the, the, the most recent one. I was gonna say, yeah. oh, we're we're insecure household. We're insecure household. Oh, okay, so the, so they so get yeah. together with a okay, so they get together with a college roommate or college friend, and then they go to get liquor, and then the friend set them up to get Jack. Turned out it was the friend the whole time, you know, <laughs> stealing their shoes, right? So point being, it's like this is like she doesn't know who Tanya Harding is because she didn't know that she never got away with it. Maybe she saw insecure, but the main takeaway, Michael Holly, that's the main takeaway. It's the main takeaway for me. Come on now, all right? Let's see if we're on the same page. See if we're on the same page. Don't trust anybody (laughs) because whether literally or figuratively, people out there trying to kneecap you. Even the people you close with or think you close with, your colleagues, they're trying to kneecap you. That's why I don't go nowhere with nobody. I drive my own car. I ain't catching no rides. None, I don't trust people, and this is why you got teammates out here getting people cracked on the kneecaps. Except to take their starting job. Oh my God, what a story! That's that's ninety five percent true. I'm gonna come back to this. I'm gonna come back to this crazy story in a second. That's ninety five percent true what you said, but the five percent is not true. Michael Smith, what am I gonna say? Five percent is not true. Between you and me, me and you, don't forget Tahoe. Oh. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. Uh-huh. Yes. yes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Your boys got you. You can Your trust some got people. You, you can okay? trust some people. Yeah. 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 Hey. Right. Trust me. Some people. Trust me. Yeah. Yeah. I That's got it. Yes. That's it. Yes. But yeah. look, if you, if you heard about this story, Mike, I would just say either, like you said, Harden Kerrigan, or I just say that that would never happen. Like if you're trying to. I know you in the storytelling storytelling business. Somebody comes to you and said, "Hey, Mike, I'm gonna put this story out here, and what I have is like two teammates, and one of them has this plot. So she gives her teammate a ride to the crib, and then as they get there, you know what? She gets attacked. Teammate gets attacked, and she kind of was the mastermind of the whole thing." You said, first of all, that would never happen. That's just so <laughs> right. cliche. Like, like, come on, nobody's gonna buy that. There's so many holes in this story, and it's. It's so bad, Mike. It's so bad that it really does a disservice. I think I think it's not too soon, right? Not too soon. Kerrigan, Harding, they're both doing fine. No. Nancy Kerrigan's no, doing fine No, they made a movie now. about it, which was great. I, Tanya, right. great movie. Margot Robbie, phenomenal yeah. movie. All right. The thing about this does a disservice to that story because at least Tanya Harding was like, hmm. I'm not personally going to be involved. I'm not like <laughs> I'm not going to be driving. I'm not going to be, not gonna be set, at the like, scene. Hey, Nancy, <laughs> Nancy, go to that door right there. I'm like, no, she had the thugs come in. Right. And you know, and, and then just she's her. like, oh, oh, they know her. So th- this is crazy. But did you connect this story? This is why I'm saying, are we on the same page? Did you oh, look at oh, this wait. story what? and connect it with another one? Don't say, hey, hey no? Dave Chappelle, you talking about Juicy Smollett? No, 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 oh, no, okay. no. I'm not talking about some Dave Chappelle. I'm talking about some. <laughs> I know it's not the same thing. But what, what, no, what's more? a lower. Like, this is this was very serious. Fortunately, they got, they, you know, we had to disclaimer. Everybody was caught. 
everybody's question. Everybody's fine. Right, okay. Right, Fortunately, right. well, yeah, we she can, doesn't have any life. The teammate doesn't have any life-threatening okay. injuries. I keep calling her a teammate because I don't want to butcher her name. Um, All right. But what, what was so, the story? But you on a lower to? scale, on a lower scale, it really goes along with what you said. Hey, don't trust anybody. Sometimes uh, you know you think people are your kinfolk. They're not necessarily your kinfolk, and so. I thought of that when I was reading about, and I love the quote from uh, Kevin Durant, this guy, Scott. I thought about it in oh. the this guy, Scott context, Scotty Pippen and Michael Jordan. It's like Jordan, Jordan thought Pippen was all right with, with this number two thing. I think, I think Jordan legitimately thought this the entire time. Hey, hey, I, I, I'm hooking Scotty up. Scotty's my guy. I mean, obviously he ain't me. I mean, wait, nobody wanna, can be me. Wait, do you do you want to get into this for a few minutes? If so, let's go ahead and roll the latest shot from this guy, Scott. If you want to get into it, because you're you're this, the latest thing, right? Let's get into it. Let's right, get into cool. it. Let's get into it. All right. I wouldn't have played in a game seven. I just wasn't able to go. I mean, I knew on Saturday that. You know, I probably had one game left in me. And the start of that game, I got a dunk early in the game and got banged a little bit by Malone. And that really put me back on my heels throughout that whole game where I was running back in the locker room, cortisone, whatever kind of medication I could get in me, heat, pack, whatever, to try to carry on. But uh, I definitely was not able to uh, play a game seven. And, and you know the way it works with us in the media. When Michael Jordan would get sick in a playoff game, we make it seem like he came from his hospital bed yeah. with IV stuck in his arm. And, he's in able to have, and, <laughs> and he has these great accomplishments. But for you, that is pretty remarkable what you did. Again, I'm not saying you're doing it for people to give you credit, but do you feel that not enough was made of that moment? Because there you were playing hurt in a deciding game against well, a great Utah Jazz team. Here's my breakdown on that. I'm going to ask you this. All right. Is it easier to play with a herniated disc or to play with the flu? They always say the worst injury to have is a bad back. So. Well, I don't, I don't see many uh, bad back games, but I do see <laughs> flu games. Flu. Come on. All right, see, man. Look, man. All right, so just for, just for look, context. Look, 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 bro. He was talking about the 98 finals in which he had yeah. a bad back. And obviously, the flu game took place in 97. Go ahead, Brian. 97. Right. All right. Okay, look. Scott, we got to stop this. <laughs> we got to stop this thing. We got to. We, 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 we got to look, stop this. We got to stop this. Look, I'm over here. We got look, to stop this. This, 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 this is my I tried to told you face right here. This is my I tried to told you position. Okay. This is me. This me. This Michael Holly. The day that Mac Jones was named the starter, Michael Holly. When the Bucks won, the two three times you've been writing the history of this show, I feel yeah, you right two, now. Only two. I ain't three. got nothing to say. I ain't got nothing to say. Go two ahead, Mike. Go ahead, bro. This is my okay. Well, I'm just gonna go tell ahead. you. Go ahead. I gotta use. It, it's so bad, Mike. It's so bad that I'm gonna go to my best friend, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, that poet laureate, Kevin Durant, my guy, using his quote about this guy, Scott, and I'm with you, Kevin. This guy has got to be stopped because he is so bitter. He is so stuck in his feelings and so stuck in the impossible. Who can be like Mike? 
Who can take on Gatorade and Hanes and McDonald's and Nike? Nobody. Who can take on six finals MVPs? Who can take on 6-0 in the NBA Finals? Who can take on the shorts and the bald head and the great smile and the dunk from the free throw line and dunk contest? You can't take it on. It, like Scottie Pippen, not just trying to beat City Hall. He's trying to beat the governments of the world. Like he's trying to be the, the single Avenger. Stop it, Scotty. Stop it. It's gone too far. Michael oh. Jordan was and is great. Mm. Was and is great. Now, mm. in your bad back game, I just want to point out, you had a bad back. He had a bad back. Okay. You get credit for that. He scored like seven points. <laughs> okay. I mean, dude, I mean, look, I, I ain't gonna dismiss your bad back, but you played like you had a bad back. Okay, like you missed the whole point. You had a bad back and you look like an old man. Like you, you played like 20 minutes because you had a bad back. The brilliance of the flu game is my man had the flu, but he didn't play like he had the flu. He played like he was normal, even though he had the flu. So hey, you, see, you see the difference? Hey, hey Scotty, if you if you so mad, Get out. Don't carry him off the court. You got to be in the iconic photo. That's what I mean. Off the court. If you had such a problem, if you if you thought he was milking it, let him walk his ass off the court on his own. I'm so you know, Michael. That's what I mean, Mike. Day by day, Mike. Day by day by day. But that's what I. You come around. I'm not even gonna get upset when y'all listen to me. I'm not even gonna set get upset when you argue with me. I'm gonna just wait. I'm gonna just wait. And eventually, you'll come around. Thank you, Michael. Because that's what I tell you. I told you Scotty Pippen is just like us in 91. Scotty just wants to be like Mike. Good to hear you see what I've been trying to tell you. I don't, this, since I don't last know if year. he wants to. I don't know if he, he wants what to he got. be like Mike. He wanted to be one he way, wants, but it's the other way. He doesn't necessarily like some people want to be Michael Jordan. Like they want to be like people who uh, accuse the uh, late great rest in peace uh, Kobe Bryant. Of that, he's like, "Hey, man, Kobe is wearing his wristband just like Mike. He's talking like Mike. He's walking like him, playing like him." So they accused him of that. Scottie Pippen doesn't want to be like Mike. He wants to be on the same plane, same platform. So Michael Jordan over here, and he, and he's like, "Hey, we got two options. We got Michael Jordan or Scottie Pippen." He wants people to say that, and that's just not going to happen. But I'm glad you mentioned the flu game, carrying carrying him off the floor, because that's what I thought of. When, when I when I heard him say this, my like, man, Michael Jordan thinking, man, I've got my road dog, Scotty, got my ride or die, Scotty, and he's carrying me, he's helping me out. Hey, Scotty in the Olympics, that's my dude, Scotty, and Scotty was just bitter and hating the whole time behind his back. Hey, oh, I see. Scotty, so that's that. So that was yeah. that's the connection to the PSG story that you were there making. There it is, like. He might not have took, he might not have took iron pipes or lead pipes or whatever iron bars to his legs per se. He's doing but, it now. Yeah, yeah. He's doing his version. Trying to He's cut doing it. his version. Yeah. Trying to tear down He's the legacy. Failing. I know one thing. That damn book better yeah. be a bestseller. Uh, hell, I feel obligated it to be. buy it. I feel obligated to buy it at this point. It better be a bestseller. Yeah, he went at him. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed. Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Now you're picking up what I'm putting down. Okay, Michael. Uh, yeah, you know. You were defending well, we Scotty all this time. Uh, yeah, but now I, I, I didn't realize he had it so bad. <laughs> Disturbing story out of Minnesota as a, uh, a former girlfriend of uh, Dalvin Cook, one of the best and, and highest paid, naturally, running backs in the NFL, uh, has filed a lawsuit alleging physical emotion, and emotional abuse. Uh, she claimed that he physically abused her, causing a concussion, and held her hostage a year ago. Um, she's accusing him of assault, battery, and false imprison- imprisonment, seeking unspecified monetary damages, and she says accountability. Uh, the lawsuit was sent to Cook late on Tuesday, um, and this is after settlement talks had broken down. Now, Cook contends that Trimble... Um, Grace Graceland Trimble is her name. That Graceland Trimble yeah. uh, broke into his home and uh, attacked him when she broke in and discovered him with a guest, and that he was acting in self-defense. Um, Michael, this is the ultimate. He said, she said. In that order, right. in that order, because to me, without knowing who's telling the truth here, and, you know, listen, she's got compelling evidence attached to this lawsuit in the form of graphic and disturbing pictures uh, and text messages that on the surface would seem to uh, imply an admission of guilt uh, on the part mm-hmm. of Dalvin Cook. Um, the guilty party in this is, uh, is his agent, the media, uh, and society. Cause I think that uh, the media became the story today. Michael, we got, we got a couple of sayings in, in, in media. Uh, one is layout. Uh, layout can mean a couple of things. Layout can mean just be quiet as we roll some sound. Yeah. Layout could also mean, you know what? Yeah. Don't just zip it. We, 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 we in the business of commentary, zip it. This is one of these stories, given the conflicting accounts of what happened, whether, you know, she broke in and he acted in self-defense or he abused her. It's like it's probably best to, before making any declarations or any kind of definitive statements about this, to kind of like get some more information, right? Um, but in the meantime, we saw some dirty pool on the part of the agent who leaked to Adam Schefter to get in or, and under the guise of getting ahead of it leaked that Dalvin Cook is the victim of being extorted. Um, and I guess I'm like, I don't know which to hate more, Michael. Do I hate the, do I hate the player? And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about figuratively, not Dalvin Cook. Do I hate the player or do I hate the game? And the reason I say it like that is the attorney look at I mean trying to con- trying to tweet. control the narrative. 
Like, look at it. Just, I mean, just present it without any kind of. I mean, look at that and, tweet. Oh, wait, well, here's a say. I'll, I'll pass to you on this, Michael, because I want. Here's a second saying in media. I'm sorry, there was two things. One is, yeah. it's better to be right than be first. And yeah. I guess is this is this being first, without any kind of journalism involved? Is this, is this just PR at this point? Because it's like you put out verbatim that he is the victim of domestic abuse and extortion as, as if that's gospel as if that's a fact when come to find out this woman who is a, an army sergeant for whatever that's worth but I'm just just saying uh, she has compelling evidence to suggest that she is the victim here so right. the agent or lawyer whatever the representative is is trying to get out ahead of it in order to try to win in the court of public opinion which I thought was foul because if the truth is on your side Respond with your version let, of the truth yeah, let, and let right. it play out. This was foul and it backfired big time because a lot of people see through what they were trying to do. Yeah, well, to answer your question, uh, I, I choose to hate the game. I hate the game. That, it, I that, do. that they thought it would work, that they thought this would work. Yeah, but I, that, it, mm -hmm. that it would work and that there was a there was a path to get there. Like, mm -hmm. you know, not only do you have the idea, but there's a way to execute this idea and we can we can make this thing happen tonight. Hey, we can make it happen yeah. tonight. We can get ahead of this. Yeah. So and once again, as you said, we don't know who's telling the truth. We have no idea. But if he is telling the truth, it is dirty that he's using this path to kind of reinforce it. If he's not telling the truth, it's dirty that he's using this path to obscure it. Any way you look at it, it's bad. And, and here's the other thing, Mike, uh, in this insider game. Now, you did it. You were an insider in a previous life. I never was. And I never wanted to be. I never wanted to be because I, <laughs> feel, like, I feel like there's, there's certain things that you have. There's some compromises you do have to make. You just hope it doesn't go too far. You're going to get right. to the point. Somebody's going to ask you to do something. To make you feel a little uncomfortable. There's a lot of quid pro quo. Right here. A lot. Yeah. It's going to be a lot. You know, right here, it's going to be a little uncomfortable. You just hope you are able to get far enough away that you don't get so far away uh, that you can't pick up home base anymore. Okay. You know, mm -hmm. 10 feet out, 20 feet out. You just don't want to be like 300 yards away. Like, who? I lost my way. And in this case, there are no gatekeepers. Like the reporter was not a gatekeeper and he didn't have a gatekeeper to say, well, hold on. What? He does and he should. We ain't putting that out. No, we can't. Unless, we can't the, unless, unless things have changed dramatically from, from when I did it. <clears throat> I, this, it's inexcusable because there's supposed to be filters. There's supposed to be people. There's supposed to be checkers to say, wait a second. What's the other side of this? You know, like, are we just, are we just then, accepting this agent's word? I mean, it, it's sloppy all around. And dangerous, but see that's the, but that's what I'm saying about the game. Okay, the game is, and it's not just it's not just sports. It's anybody who is in that scoop business, in the scoop mm -hmm. business, has gone up. We went from playing uh, no shot clock to a shot clock, 24 second shot clock. Now it's just like, hey, we're just throwing the ball up, and whoever can get it and score first, that's what it ain't even a game anymore. <laughs> it's like yeah. everybody is playing one on one. Who can get it in the basket the first? Uh, the, the quickest and so in that in that realm Mike uh, if you tell somebody hey calm it down 
they ain't trying to hear it because they're no longer playing the same game. They go lose out. They're like, we can't wait. I can't wait for you to check it because my competition's gonna beat me. And so people start taking off the restrictions to the point where yeah. there are no restrictions anymore. And, and, that, and that toothpaste no is really hard to put back into the tube, you know, because people have already formulated a They knew exactly what they were doing. And like you said, they knew yeah. that it would be effective. People start already formulating opinions about what it is, start already planting their flag on the side of, see, men can be victims too. Women be wilding yeah. just as much as men. You know, yeah. poor guy. Only to find out that there, as it often is, another side to it. He may be telling the truth. We don't know. But the way they went about trying to, again, gain points in the court of public opinion, by claiming, no, we're being with a victim of extortion and he's innocent and he's acting in self-defense when she's got a completely contradictory story and the bruises and bumps, you know, to prove it and, and maybe even a text message to prove her side or she thinks to prove her side. That was a, that was a mis- miscalculation to say the least. All right, we'll leave it there. We'll quit while we're ahead. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. That's right, Jason Johnson. Your quarterback <laughs> is back, and your team is in the news because of, reportedly, man, they're in the mix for Odell Beckham Jr. Um, are you an OBJ fan slash it doesn't matter if he comes to the Seahawks? You will be an OB, OBJ fan. Is that how it works? I, so it's more like this. I would love to see OBJ join the Seahawks so that Pete Carroll can continue to call three straight runs into an eight-man box with Chris Gardner. Because that's all that would happen. (laughs) OBJ would be wasted on Seattle with the current coaching staff that we have unless Shane Waldron was allowed to do what he wants to do. Now, I I, I think it would be smart. You can't ever go wrong with that kind of talent. He doesn't have to be what he was with the Giants to be somebody of value. I mean, if if you've got to cover... Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and OBJ, somebody going to get their catches, right? But you'd have to have a team that is going to make use of him long-term. And quite frankly, the Seahawks are not currently a playoff team. And if that's what OBJ wants, it makes more sense for him to go to the Packers, makes more sense for him to go to the Chiefs. Hey, hey, y'all remember that movie, uh, The Truman Show? You know, Jim Carrey was in that movie. And so, see, the difference is, I, I think Russell Wilson, can we put that video back up again? I think Russell Wilson is in the Truman Show, except he knows he's in it. I mean, like everything in his life is recorded. Produced. Remember, he was doing the, remember he was doing the seaside workout. It's wonderful. Last year, and he's got the profile is just right, and he's throwing the ball. Like he's got camera people all the time around him. Look, that Jason, is called that, that statement. Is called find yourself a good wife. Who knows about image? <laughs> who knows presentation? Look at who this. Who cleaned up haircut? Look I'm, I'm, at I'm this. Awesome. And as a succession fan, 
I was particularly happy with the soundtrack. Right. Now, if he turns out, if he, you know, I, I'd like to think that he's, he's, he's more Logan Roy than Kendall in this situation. <laughs> Maybe he can hold it all together. We don't know. We don't know if he's going to stay with this team because there is no succession plan because Geno Smith would clearly be the Roman of the family or maybe Cop. Hey, hey, listen, you're doing too much, Doc, because you can't, don't, don't reference succession around Michael Holly because he hasn't seen it, because he doesn't watch anything. I'm still trying to get him to watch the harder they fall. He doesn't watch anything. He doesn't watch, he just, he doesn't watch anything. Hey, I'm he changing the he's channel. Too busy. I, I, he's too busy. <laughs> he's too busy. So don't even worry about references hey, succession. Hey, I, I, listen, I, listen, I'm not, I'm not too busy. I tell you, I'm going to ask you this. I tell you what I do watch. Uh, I watched the 11th hour. Uh, with Brian Williams, I just want to ask. Great segue. I want to ask. Great segue. That was very much. That was. That's really good. That's really good. No, but no, I gotta tell you, I learned that kind of stuff from Brian Williams because I tell you, Doc and, and Michael, I want to hear you both uh, respond to this. This man really knows how to run a show. Knows how to yeah. run a panel. I mean, you watch Brian Williams and and. And you really have to maybe if you're not in journalism, you don't see some of the stuff that he's doing. It's almost like the boat is moving, but you don't see the oars and how he's making how he's manipulating this thing to make it look easy. Uh, he's leaving NBC after 28 years. The headline is there. Uh, Doc, I know you've worked with them before. Uh, just just some thoughts on Brian Williams and your observations on him. So, like I said, and I was telling you guys at, at the break. When this news hit, I was with the president of, of, a, of a city in ABJ, and I mean, everybody reacted to it. And there's there's not many journalists, there's not many anchors who upon the announcement that they're leaving has everybody like, no, no. <laughs> I mean, that, that was the reaction. It was like, what, 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 what is he doing? I can tell you all from a professional standpoint, there are three people who I've worked with, sat next to in this industry that, uh, have probably influenced me the most. Uh, there's Tony Harris, Al Jazeera, ID Discovery. Tony is fantastic. There's Jorge Ramos, who's honestly one of the most charismatic people I've ever had the chance to sit with, do a panel with, and Brian Williams. Brian Williams is masterful. Brian Williams is one of the funniest, most enjoyable, most authentic, most sincere professionals you can ever sit with. I text y'all, and it, 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 this is not hyperbole. When you go on to set and you get to interact with Brian Williams, you feel like you're going on with Don Cheadle. You feel like you're going on with Scorsese. You feel like you're going on with somebody that's like, I'm going to just learn being in this room. The way he handles guests, the way he handles conversation. He's one of the most current people that you could ever hear. I mean, his joke references, you're like, how did Brian know about that? Like, how did Brian make the Nipsey Hustle reference? How did Brian make the, the Cardi B reference? He, he's, he's just fantastic, fantastic to work with. And no matter what he does, even if he just wants to chill and retire and, and, and drive around uh, his, his, his vintage Mustangs, which is a conversation he and I have had, because I am also a Mustang owner. Um, he's just a great guy. Great guy. It, it's sad yeah, to see him go, but he's had an impact. I, I want to say this, Doc and, and Michael, just like the, the follow on this, and, and I'm not doing this uh, because of shame, but it's almost like, wow, look how he handled the situation in 2015. We all know what happened. He, he exaggerated an anecdote. He admitted it. Uh, he was suspended mm -hmm. for six months. And it looked like that his career was going the other way. Mm -hmm. I even appreciate how he handled that 
like, like you never want to you never want to have your credibility come into question in this business. I mean, that's the biggest no no. But I appreciate how he handled it and how he responded because a lot of people couldn't have done that. Yeah, I mean, I I, I will say this: there, I've had personal conversations uh, uh, with with Brian, and, and <clears throat> the advice that he has given me uh, that I, you know, I won't share here, but but there there are things he has told me about this business and about life that I will forever cherish. Uh, and, and anybody who gets the opportunity to to watch him, to watch his work, to hear anything that he has to say, listen to it. Like let let it let it let it pour like honey into your ears because guys like him, I I don't know that our industry I don't know if the nightly news industry will produce any more people like him. And I say that with no criticism of anyone existing, but there is sort of an anchor prototype uh, that Brian Williams sort of masterfully embodies. And, and everything from, like I said, from the way he is behind the scenes, the way he is on the camera, to the advice, to the text messages I've got from him, um, he's just a phenomenal person. I mean, I, I really, like I said, when I tell you I'm, a, I'm in a room full of black and brown people who upon hearing that Brian Williams will be leaving at the end of the year, and they're all shocked and they're all upset, um, it, sa it says a lot. It says a lot about, about how you're looked at both in front of and behind the camera. Sounds like you just worked through it, Michael. Um, as far as tonight's 11th hour, uh, not <laughs> sure if you're scheduled or not, but I imagine <laughs> that the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse trial will be prominently discussed in the show. Yeah. Uh, Jason, uh, what did you think? Two-part question. Uh, what did you think about Kyle Rittenhouse's white crocodile tears mm -hmm. slash uh, I see a lot of legal analysts talking about that the prosecution is is fumbling this case right. um, that, it, that, it, that they have not and, and the judge not for nothing it's from day one. The judge seems like, you know, he's he's in t on team Rittenhouse, but that's just my observation. What are your observations about this trial and where it's headed? Well, look, first off, the judge is doing everything short of wearing a MAGA hat. Remember earlier today in the like trial, he, yeah, he got a phone call on his cell, which uh, played the music or allegedly played the music that plays when he's got on stage at, at Trump campaign rallies. I mean, this is the guy who says that the people who Kyle Rittenhouse shot can't be called victims. Can't be called victims, so it, right. Yeah, it, it's very clear where this judge is. And this is an elected judge, right? So this means the community at large Put this particular guy in office. I'm going to say this about Kyle Rittenhouse and Ahmaud Arbery uh, in, in any of these cases. This is why earlier this year, and certain people gave me smoke for it. I do not care. I have a CPAC, right? Um, you can complain all you want about the cynicism that black people may have towards the justice system. But this case is a reminder as to why we do. Because at the end of the day, you know, this is why I said that Derek Chauvin getting convicted was just a makeup call. It was a makeup call because even white supremacy and the justice system recognizes, hey, we got to throw, we got to, we got to get a sacrificial lamb here from time to time. Otherwise, even the white America will recognize how rigged this system is. We've been having people protest for a year, so now that Derek Chauvin is in jail, the system is ready to go back to the way it always operated, which is getting white vigilantes off for engaging in violence through self-defense. Self-defense yeah. will always fly, always. Yeah. It's always like it's, it's foolproof. It is foolproof. Jason Johnson, we appreciate you, man. Are you on the 11th hour tonight? 
I, I am not on the 11th hour tonight, okay. although I should be on later on this week. I'm guest hosting for Ari Melbourne for the next two days, so I think they want me to come on uh, after I've guessed it on nice. Ari. So. All right. We'll, we'll, check, we'll, out there. You we'll check you out. Are you, uh, Ed, are, are you, are you dropping hip-hop lines throughout that or what? I will, I will be dropping, I'll be dropping some hip-hop lines. I'll be dropping uh, some old-school references. Marvel. I'll be dropping okay. some Marvel lines as well for a very special segment that I'm going to be planning on Friday. Okay. All right. That's there we tease. go. There Good we stuff. go. Time variance Got authority. Me. Time variance authority. <laughs> Love it. We're you happy with that. Appreciate you, Doc. Appreciate Thanks, you. guys. Anytime. Speaking of uh, speaking of Marvel, Michael, uh, yeah. I lost out. Uh, it's the oldest, lamest, corniest joke of all time. I don't even know why I even started to say okay. it. Golly, you can do better than that. I lost oh. out on sexiest man okay. alive. Uh, but no, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but Paul yeah. Rudd, yeah. Paul Rudd, Ant-Man, who knew Ant-Man, people's sexiest man alive. Look at us. Who would have thought? Not me. But that Paul Rudd is, is, hey. is, is the sexiest man alive. Like, wow. That's all good for him. You know, yeah, I like good this. For him. You know, I, you know why I like this? Why? Because I had because I have no idea because sexiest man alive and sexiest woman alive. There is no pattern. There is no, you can't predict it. You don't know what's going to happen. That's what true sexiness is, Mike. Hey, it's not the same for everybody. It's not a look. It's not an age. It's not a status. It's just something that's hard to state of mind. It's a state of mind. It is. It's a a presence. You you speaking like you know something about that. You speaking like you know something about it. Like you're you're an expert in the field. You did all right for yourself. Maybe I am. You did all right for Maybe yourself. Maybe I am. You you, you out kicked your coverage. You out kicked your coverage. I did. You out kicked your coverage like and, this kid at San what? Diego State. I don't, you, that, you, you like this? You like that punter at San Diego State when it comes out kicking your coverage? <laughs> hey, hey. By the way, you said I talk like I know something about it. I know you don't. That's why I had to help you. That's why oh. I had to help you find your wife. Oh. That's why I had to help you out. Had to lead okay. you. Okay, I'll let you have it. I'll oh, you know that's true. But why let the truth get you? Know it's true. Story? Okay. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is seventy-six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy-six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a seventy-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.